Well, welcome friends to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Hello, listeners. It is Friday, November 11. Um, I'm Kim Hauer, joined for our last day um, with Jill Lehman. Thank you again. It's been a great week. I've enjoyed conversation with you and just catching up. Uh, we've had some great times off mic, taking us much longer than normal, but yes, it's okay. It's good. <laughs> it's all good. Community. Love it. Um, so on Friday, we're kind of focusing on um, a mission or um, a goal, a doing, a, who can we share this with, right? Like the yeah. things that we've learned and hopefully have grown in. Yeah. How can we do that? in practical ways in life. So do you have something as you thought through this week um, that's speaking to you? Um, yeah, I just, I feel like we got to listen to the command where God says go. My problem is, is that I just don't know what go looks like. Like, yeah, I'm just, I'm kind of at a loss. Like, I know that I definitely need boldness. Like, the Spirit needs to, to help me with that um, and wisdom to keep learning and growing in the words so that, you know, you're not out there talking your own words and not his. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah, the only thing that I think I've been wrestling with is, um, you know, I was baptized as an infant and I was, you know, made profession of faith at 17. But then, yeah, I didn't walk in the I'm not where I am where, when I was 17 I'm I'm in a different spot now where I'm more committed more you know not just saying oh that's just a sin I'll say sorry later or you know I'm, I'm living my life more focused and but everything as, as you go through the gospels it just keeps saying you need to be baptized to receive the Holy Spirit so I'm wrestling. Like, I know I have the Holy Spirit with me. I ask him to come and fill my home and, and flood my heart all the time. But I just feel like I'm wondering if baptism is a thing that I need to do as an adult. I'm not quite sure. Like, Yeah, I think we kind of discussed that. The um, There is real biblical basis for that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you I know, mean, especially Jesus in the Gospels. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so not to write it off as just a sign or a symbol with no power. Right. Um, because it's, it is just a sign or a symbol, but it comes with great power. You know, it's through the baptism that the Holy Spirit comes. Um, could that look differently? I mean, I think there's times where, like, the Holy Spirit was delayed. Right, we, yeah. like the people, the re the believers didn't receive the Holy Spirit right away. It came as a a later thing. Yeah. Um. And there's some that I feel like it's almost instantaneous, or maybe even before. Um. So yeah, I think I think it's always good to wrestle. You know, yeah. if you feel like God is laying something on your heart, um, which I think in this instance He clearly is about the baptism situation. Um. Yeah, just to. Yeah, just continue wrestling with it until you feel like God has given you a clear answer. I think sometimes it's important to talk to other people 
you know, other yeah. people that we trust in, in our community to say, hey, what do you think? What do you think? Let's talk it through. You know, what are your your scriptural um, groundings in that? And uh, so I think that's wise. I think you're wise to and bold and courageous to share this on <laughs> on a podcast yeah. with millions of people listening. I think I, maybe not millions. I think but. I just hold back because my baptism would have to be different due to feeding tubes. I can't be submerged without risk of infection. So. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just embarrassed because I don't want to be sprinkled like a baby. <laughs> I don't know. But faith like a child, right? I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. And I think, and I can tell just in your spirit and in your heart, like you're wrestling with that. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, but I don't want to not do it because of pride. Right. Right. And embarrassment because who cares? Right. This is, you know, ultimately it's between you and God. Uh, but it is a public declaration. But if there are people out there who are thinking, oh my word, she just got sprinkled like a baby from a little bowl. <laughs> How cute is that? <laughs> um, it, that's not your problem, right? That's not, that doesn't change you or your heart or your relationship with God. It has no impact on you unless you let it. But it says a great deal about the person who actually would think that, right? True. Yeah. So, own only what you are responsible for. I'm quite certain God would not be laughing, saying, <laughs> look at my dear child Jill has decided that she should, you know, go forth and be baptized. And that's great, but she's going to be baptized like a baby because she's got this illness. God's not going to be laughing at you, right? And his opinion is the only one that ultimately matters. So I say you're bold and courageous for sharing this on Mike. I love it. Um, so you're far more courageous than you think you are. And I just know that God's going to make it clear. At some point when it's time, Good. he's going to make it clear to you. You know, I don't think it's a matter of if. I think it's just a matter of when and maybe how. Logistics. Yeah. So keep digging. <laughs> keep praying. You know, okay. I know you'll get that answer. Like I said, you you said it. You got the, You do have the spirit in you. Um, he speaks to you and through you. So, um, yeah. But to want more of that, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The first church had yeah. an abundance of it. And I think today in our reading, even more. Like, well, kind of what were the big group um, text, right? It's, it's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, thank you for sharing that. And being uh, vulnerable with us. I love it. And uh, yeah, let's jump into scripture. All right. We'll see what he has <laughs> to say. Maybe he has something to say here about this. Um, Acts 16 and 17 is what we were tasked with reading as the whole. So hopefully you've all read that. Um, we're going to read just really the last portion of Acts 17 um, in the podcast here. Um, but just a quick summary, and I'll, I'm just going to give you the heading. Uh, references here, uh, but it's basically the story of Paul and his teachings and um, his travels, right? Um, it starts out in 16 with Timothy joining Paul and Silas. So we're already at this point of Paul and Silas are um, going out and teaching and preaching. Um, and then it says, Paul has a vision of a man in Macedonia. And then there's Lydia's conversion in Philippi. Uh, Paul and Silas are 
thrown in prison. Seems to be a recurring pattern for Paul. <laughs> Poor, Poor guy. Paul. Like, seriously. Um, but I, if you remember back in Acts, right, where um, Jesus blinded him and then told Ananias to tell him, basically, like, suffering. you are going to, I'm going to show you the suffering yeah. that I had. Um, and so that Paul would have a real full understanding of Jesus, yeah. you know, and the suffering and the salvation that comes from that. So but anyway. amazing. While they're in stocks in the inner cells, they're praising God. Yeah. Like they're praising God. And then, I mean, just what a witness that is to the other prisoners and what comfort maybe came to them while they're stuck there too. Maybe. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, anyway, so Paul, you know, this world traveler, right? Set on fire for God. And like, he's going out to tell everybody. Um, so after prison, apparently, um, he's in Thessalonica, and then in Berea. I never caught this before, but um, in Berea, like I like to read. If you've ever um, read the Berean Bible translation, um, I think the Berean Bible translation tends to be it's very old school, kind of like the King James version, but it tends to be a literal word for word translation. Oh, versus a like big idea type translation. So if you want to get to like not quite the Hebrew level of word for word, I think that's where that was founded. Um, in fact, if you read that section 10 through 15, um, it's interesting how they talk about their um, their noble character and their eagerness to examine the scriptures. So they were very scriptural based believers. Um, anyway, so then we move on from there to Athens. So that's where we're going to pick up Paul um, in Athens. And so I am going to read Acts 17, verses 16 through 34. Um, and I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation because I do like that one. It seems easier to understand. Uh, but it is, again, different than the Berean translation. It's a little bit more like idea-driven which is what makes it easier to understand. Mm -hmm. uh, so Paul preaches in Athens. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply troubled by all the idols he saw everywhere in the city. He went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles, and he spoke daily in the public square to all who happened to be there. He also had a debate with some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers. When he told them about Jesus and his resurrection, they said, what's this babbler trying to say with these strange ideas he's picked up? Others said, he seems to be preaching about some foreign gods. Then they took him to the high council of the city. Come and tell us about this new teaching, they said. You are saying some rather strange things, and we want to know what it's all about. It should be explained that all the Athenians, as well as the foreigners in Athens, seem to spend all their time discussing the latest ideas. So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as fellows, follows. Men of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines. And one of your altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown god. This God, whom you worship without knowing, is the one I'm telling you about. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples, and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. 
He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and exist. And some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times. But now he commands everyone, everywhere, to repent of their sins and turn to him. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed. And he proved to everyone whom this is whom this is by raising him from the dead. When they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead, some laughed in contempt, but others said, We want to hear more about this later. That ended Paul's discussion with them, but some joined him and became believers. Among them were Dionysius, a member of the council, a woman named Damaris, and others with them. So, as we read that, what stood out to you about um, this passage that speaks of God? Like, what, what I, stood out? I think I really liked <clears throat> Paul's technique. How, you know, he's kind of went through the town, kind of gained some wisdom of what's around him, his surroundings, the idols. And then he made it, when he had the chance to speak to the high council, he made it relatable. Like, I can see that you are very, like, he started his testimony with a common ground and built from it. Like, he was respectful by saying, I see you're religious, when actually they're kind of not, because <laughs> they're not, you know, religious to the one true God. But, you know, he didn't, dis he wasn't disrespectful. He, he, he just, like, found a common ground and then built on it, the truth. So I liked that. Yeah, I did catch, um, so about the humans part, like that, um, yeah, Paul recognized that these people are very religious, um, which, which is the way we were created, right? So he's acknowledged, we, we were created to worship yeah. something, which means that we will do as we were created. So what do we worship? They had all kinds of idols. They apparently had one that was the unknown God, mm -hmm. um, which to him was the one true God. Yeah. Um, so I, I do like that he noticed that we were created to worship something. And all of humanity does. Yeah. So where do we set our heart's affections? Where do we worship? Um, to me, I'm sometimes wondering, like, am I, am I worshiping the one true God or am I worshiping something else? You know, whether it be myself mm -hmm. or my family or my job. Um, we can be very religious in a lot of ways yes. towards something else other than God. Um, so that to me is what kind of stood out about the human heart and then my heart. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, Paul delivers the message well, which can yeah. only be said of somebody who I think has the Holy Spirit in them as he did. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
like God points out, here's the common ground, go with it. Like, be yeah. respectful, because he seemed, or he sounded very respectful. Even as he was explaining God, he wasn't saying, my God is, you know, and made him something that's untouchable. He, he kept him very, very relatable. Right. By explaining, he gives everything breath and life, and and he has that time set where you you are you raise and you fall, and he controls it all. Like he just made it like real and relatable. Yeah, I thought. Um, you know, if we look at like what does it say about God, I think Paul does a, a great job of explaining God. You know, in verses twenty four through twenty eight, he pretty much lays out who God mm-hmm. is. Right. Um, to me, some of the key words were, you know, he's creator. He was a giver. You know, he gives life. Um, and an orchestrator, right? He's the one who determines boundaries, um, what nations have risen and fallen, um, people. Yep. Um, all of those things, like God is the orchestrator of all of those things um, and all for his glory and his purpose. So, um yeah, I just like that Paul really laid it out pretty clearly what, what this passage says about God. It yeah. Lays and then it out. Just that he points out, you know, he's so big and he controls all these things that we shouldn't think of him as an idol designed by a craftsman of gold, silver, you know, by our hands. We can't we can't create that God. <laughs> yeah, how do you I mean, where would you begin? Yeah. We can't make <laughs> he can't make an idol. He, he's way too big for that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, so I think, what do we got? We had, I think what it says about God, what it says about humans. Um, I think in the human thing too, one of the things I noted in, it's hard sometimes I think to acknowledge, but in verse 34, um, Paul seemed okay with it. You know, I think Jesus was okay with it. That it says some became believers and some did not. You know, I think that, sometimes we have to be okay with acknowledging that um, at least in our role in their lives or in their spiritual journey that we may see them become a believer. We may not. We're the seed sower. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. And and we have to be okay sometimes Mm -hmm. to just walk away. You know, um, I think there's lots of scriptures actually that refer to that, that Jesus is saying. Sometimes we do. We just have to walk away. Yeah. Um, If they're not, a person of peace or a place of peace, then maybe we've done what we needed to do and we can move on to the yeah. next one. Don't give up. Paul didn't give up. No. He just went to the next town. I had a friend in high school that I kept inviting to church and, you know, that kind of thing. And it was, man, probably 20 years ago, she showed up on my doorstep. I mean, she was she was in a way. She was with lots of boys. and I mean, she was like... She was a wild one, and she'll even tell you. And she showed up probably, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago on my doorstep and was like, I had to find you. I had to tell you I'm a Christian. Like, wow, like a seed was sown in high school, and I never expected anything. We drifted apart. I didn't know even where she lived or I don't even know how she found me. Like, she had to show up on my doorstep, and she's like, I had a lot of people sow a lot of seeds, but I needed you to know, you know, that wow. I'm a Christian. And I was like, that is, I, I just, like, cried. I was like, I right. hugged her, welcomed her in, and made her a pot of coffee. Like, I mean, I didn't expect that. 
Right. It was awesome. Yeah, that is super cool, especially when you get to see maybe some fruit. Yeah. Your labors, you know. I forgot all about, like, I just, all of a sudden there's this woman on my doorstop, and I'm like, yeah, can I help you? (laughs) Like, and she tells me who she is, and I'm like, oh, how nice. Like, (laughs) Right. And then she tells me why she's there, and I was like, come in. (laughs) Like, Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow, but that was a joyous feeling. Mm -hmm. That Um, was, it was pretty cool. For sure. Yeah, and so I think we have to be okay with, like, you know, at the time it probably didn't seem very hopeful that she was going to come to Jesus, but... And it was just kind of a a seed that was just, I just invited her. Like, she said, no, and I okay. Like, I didn't, I don't think it was necessarily maybe a major seed that I threw to her. I don't know, maybe it was the first one. And then, you know, many other farmers came along and sowed their seeds that were you know, more truthful and more, you know, but just the fact that she showed up on my doorstep, I was kind of like, I just invited you to youth group in church. Like I didn't, you know, think it was that big of a deal. Yeah. But yet, yeah. But yet it had an impact, obviously. Yeah. Cause she had to tell me, she had to find me. (laughs) I still don't know. I should ask her how she found me. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's a cool story. Um, Yeah. Of how, we just have to be faithful with a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, with what we have. Yeah. You know, we're not asked to give more than what we have. We're not asked to give something we don't have. Just the little bit that we do, yeah. you know, um, and play our role in the big picture of things. Um, so as we wrap up this week of study, um, was there something that stood out to you of um, how you might obey? You know, is there a concrete step or action or somebody you can share what you've learned with? I just kind of the takeaway seemed like a common theme was, you know, God calling and saying go and and Jesus saying, you know, again, I just have to end with it. You know, Jesus said, as the father sent me, I'm sending you like, I don't know what it looks like, but yeah, there's something I just feel like we need to be brave like Paul and Ananias and we just need to go reach people where they are, be relatable, be respectful. Yeah. Figure out what it all looks like, I guess. That's kinda but but we need to be obedient and just go. When yeah. when God says go. Yeah, when he puts something on your heart. Yeah. You know. And I think we find courage in in others, mm-hmm. um, I think we find courage in being faithful. You know, when we do take the little step, you know that God's asking us to do something that maybe isn't quite as uncomfortable. Because um, I sometimes resist those things. Yeah. That it's not a person I would have a problem, you know, interacting with. But sometimes I just don't want to. Yeah. You know, so I choose myself over God's purpose. So I think sometimes even just being faithful in that mm-hmm. gives us the courage like okay i did that yeah and i know there's a reward every time but i right? sure as heck hope heart. he doesn't ask us to be like paul and speak in high councils and before kings i, I don't know <laughs> i don't think I'd, i don't want that public speaking <laughs> yes. is not uh, something you feel comfortable no with. public speaking can be okay just not in front of prominent people maybe <laughs> yeah <laughs> keep it simple <laughs> i'm kind of with you on that one yeah but yeah, 
Yeah. Well, I pray that you guys um, have been blessed by our, by our conversation this week. And I know we went long a lot of days, so but most of you expect that of Kim. So <laughs> I love, love Kim. <laughs> love to chat and um, <laughs> just share God's word with people. So I just pray that um, you've been blessed by our conversation. I pray that you will um, find out what that next step is for you. What's your action step? What's your What's your mission? Who can you share what you've learned or something that's impacted you um, in this week. So have a great weekend and uh, yeah, we'll see you around church. Thank you very much, Jill, for joining me. You're welcome. (laughs) Bye everybody. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.